5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Night, everybody. Corey Moore filling in for Patrick Johnson again here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Happy to have you alongside on your drive home from work, or if you've not been driving into work here over the last couple of days, you're sitting at home finishing up your work day. Appreciate the time here. Over the next hour, we will regale you with some intriguing sports discussion. At least that's the goal. We do have something to get to right off the top here that truly left me scratching my head that, that I saw just 10 minutes ago. But first, a, a layout of, of what we're going to be doing here over the next hour here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll talk about the NFL season that's now open. It's been open for an hour, and stuff has happened, but nothing official has happened. It's a weird scenario. We'll touch on that here in just a little bit. Former ECU Pirate first baseman Spencer Brickhouse, now at the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. He's going to join the show in about 15 minutes' time to get his view of everything that's happened over the last week and how it's related to minor league baseball and all of his work uh, when he was down at spring training. And we'll get to a lot more later on during the course of the show, including a couple of developments that have crept in about the NCAA and the spring sports cancellation and everything that falls into that. So stick around. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here, but I, I have to begin with this. I, I am doing this show from my place of residence uh, here in Greenville, and I won't give specifics because I don't want millions of fans to come to flock to me. Uh, I I appreciate my privacy. And we all have to keep social distance now. But uh, I'm sitting here looking out my window, and it overlooks a pretty large grassy area in my complex. It's just a, a lot of grass, no park or anything like that. And about 10 minutes ago, I saw a gentleman, couldn't quite pinpoint the age, 20 to 45, just spinning around with some kind of fake small sword and just spinning and freewheeling with it. Um, and it's truly the strangest thing I've ever seen. And I guess it qualifies as sport, but I've never seen anything like that in my life. And now I'm questioning the self-quarantining thing. So um, that's how that's how my night started off here. And now I also see just a stray dog walking around. All right, we're all okay. We're all okay, right? Ben, CJ, we're okay back there? Is everything okay back there? We're good. It sounds like people are getting too caught up in shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, and they're applying that to uh, real-life situations here. They're maybe preparing he for this was, virus. Maybe he was trying to devise a better ending to Game of Thrones, and he just brought his own sword and just started fighting imaginary creatures. Um, he has since left, and I hope everything is okay. Uh, a few days ago, I there were a couple kids uh, out here in the same grassy area uh, that were slinging around a lacrosse ball. They all had lacrosse sticks, and they were playing a little pickup game of lacrosse. Uh, and I won't lie, I went out and started calling it to myself. Uh, it, we've seen all the videos of uh, what, what folks are doing in Italy with, with their lockdown and everyone standing in the balconies and like singing to each other and playing music. Yeah, I'm just going to call imaginary sporting events to everyone here in my complex and see how long people enjoy that. Because people enjoyed it so much this year, they closed sports after nearly a month of me doing it. So, 
Hopefully your Wednesday night's going a little bit less strange than the start of my Wednesday night here. And we're going to start off actually diving in to uh, the Carolina Panthers and, and everything that they are looking like they're going to be doing here once everything can become official. We touched on this last night a little bit. And now it's rounding a little bit into more clarity here today. Uh, the Panthers will sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal. $63 million is the number that is out there right now. They haven't done it yet, and it hasn't been announced yet, but that's going to be happening here. The Panthers also cut Eric Reed today, uh, who signed an extension last February, and that lasted a year, and now he's been cut. Um, and it looks as though... Uh, He's going to probably wind up, at least initially, looks like Washington is where he'll be directed here to reunite with Ron Rivera. But we'll see if that happens. Uh, what, what I find fascinating here about this is that the Panthers do save $3 million in cap money by cutting Eric Reed, but they add $5 million to dead cap money that they currently have, which means they have $34.5 million of dead cap money currently. And the league season is an hour old. That's a lot of money paying to players you don't have that currently is counting against your salary cap allotment. That's special. That's a special amount of money that is going to absolutely nothing of value to you right now. So I applaud the Carolina Panthers for being out in front uh, of that madness. Uh, The Panthers also waived uh, former ECU uh, offensive lineman Garrett McGinn who did sign late last season with the Panthers, didn't ever uh, play in a game. He was active for a couple, but he never played in a game. So now Garrett McGinn is now uh, off the Panthers roster. We'll see what happens there. And we we have no concept right now still of what's going on with Cam Newton. No clarity has been uh, pulled out for that. We know it's not going to be in Carolina anymore. But with all the speed bumps that happened yesterday, no answers have come about here today. And it certainly seems as though the Panthers are trying to still find a trade partner for Cam Newton, but I just find it hard to believe that with all the back and forth that happened yesterday between the franchise and Cam, that value is significantly lower now. And so the Panthers might be in a spot where they just might be forced to release Cam Newton, which is a really dispiriting end to a career that that guy did. Um, And there's a bone to pick that I have uh, with a a couple of the the folks at ESPN in their NFL free agency and league season starting coverage yesterday when they touched on Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater. And Matt Hasselbeck mentioned that Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule, new head coach there in Carolina, he puts a ton of focus on intangibles of players and Teddy Bridgewater fits that more than Cam Newton. That's, that's something that Matt Hasselbeck said. And I just got to be honest with you. Um, Cam Newton, when he's healthy is one of the most talented players in the national, in the NFL and Teddy Bridgewater is not. And listen, Matt rules have been a college coach his entire career. And you can bank on intangible stuff and put a lot of credence in there and mold intangibles a lot more in college. And the NFL talent wins. It's just that simple. And if Cam Newton is healthy, which is a huge if, and and it you can be understood to question that, um, give me Cam Newton any day of the week over Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't care about the environment that they might bring to a locker room. Like, 
when healthy, there's no comparison between the two. And so it seemed like there was a lot of justification yesterday around the country about the way the Panthers have been handling this Cam Newton stuff with all the tweets about thanking him for everything, even though he hasn't left yet. What's going on here is messy, and it is not pleasant and deserves to be hashed out in a much cleaner fashion than what's been happening over the last 36 hours. Cam Newton deserves better, and I'll defer to Ben again here back in the studio as the resident Panthers fan, but we touched on this a little bit yesterday, and nothing's really been fleshed out here today, but this is a really strange way to go for the end of Cam Newton here. And all the stuff last night that that I saw from national pundits uh, just didn't sit well in the least with uh, with the end of Cam Newton, Carolina. Yeah, I agree. Just like I said yesterday, I mean, the way that he made us so relevant throughout the National Football League and in pop culture and to treat him like that, I mean, he made us one of the most valuable franchises in the NFL when they sold it to David Tepper. I mean, it, it comes down to Ron Rivera and him did that for us. And there's no dispute for that. There's absolutely no dispute. You cannot argue with me that Cam Newton had nothing to do with us becoming that relevant and being like the, the franchise being worth that kind of money. And just to treat him like that, it, it's a disgrace. It's It's appalling. There's always kind of been, as an outsider looking in, there's always been a weird, uh, a weird way that Cam Newton has been covered uh, uh, in, in the national media around the NFL, and, and if, if through all the Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay talk that was kind of dominating, rightfully so, dominating all the talk last night and, and into today, what there was about Cam and, and Teddy Bridgewater and swapping now places in Carolina, just just felt very weird and and I know Cam is a polarizing figure including among Panthers fans and you mentioned that yesterday Ben like there's a there is a polarizing element to Cam Newton with the, the talent that he has and sometimes the blunders that he has uh the, 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 there's no question that there are two sides of the coin here but nationally speaking it's existed in a far more negative way than I felt like Cam Newton has ever deserved. And and it hit a bit of another apex last night. And now we'll see where Cam goes. Um, There's no idea yet about where he might wind up. But there's something about how this has all gone down into today with the end of Cam Newton, Carolina, that has just not been pleasant. And regardless of how you feel about him as the quarterback of the Panthers or him as a quarterback in general, you you can't deny the impact that he had on that franchise. And it just seems like everyone, not Cam Newton, is trying to cut bait really quickly here. And he doesn't deserve that, not in the least. It's frustrating to see because you're talking about a former MVP who has been beset by injuries here of late. And that cost him the end of his time in Charlotte. And now a new regime has no interest in 
you know, sinking hooks into the days of past, even though they were very recent. They're looking to start fresh, which is fine. But there's a PR lesson that isn't being had right now in, in with the Panthers. And um, it's a shame because wherever Cam Newton goes, um, the intangibles that he apparently lacks, uh, I, I think they'll be found. Like, I just get the sense that they'll be there. Um, one weird thing that I've noticed here, and we'll get to our first break in a second. The NFL can't actually announce anything yet, even though the league season is open. But my beloved Chicago Bears, and I say beloved in quotes, are actually tweeting out certain transactions that they're doing here today, including trading for Nick Foles uh, with the Jaguars. But here's how they're phrasing it. Uh, they signed Jimmy Graham, or they were supposed to, tight end, two nights ago. And here's what they just said. Per NFL Network reports, we have agreed to terms with tight end Jimmy Graham. NFL policy currently prohibits teams from making any official announcements. And then it's it's sponsored by Snickers. That's the, that's the strangest tweet I've seen in a long, long time. And one of the weirdest things I've seen in a while. And I just saw a man spinning a sword around 15 minutes ago outside of my apartment. Um, so... Uh, congratulations to the Chicago Bears for once again making me rip my scalp off. Uh, coming up here on the Patrick Johnson Show, Spencer Brickhouse, former Pirate first baseman, now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. He'll jump on here in just a second. A lot more coming up. Do want to tell you, though, um, the Rick House is open. It is open for takeout or they'll deliver to you. Call ahead and take advantage of the Rick House menu right at your table at home, including their awesome handcrafted dishes and perfectly cooked steaks. Call the Rick House and place your order to go at 252-689-6377 or 689-6366. The Rick House also delivers orders with a minimum order of $30 with a 20% service fee, so you don't have to eat sandwiches here at home tonight. Call the Rick House today, 252-689-6377 or 252-689-6366. Spencer Brickhouse on the other side here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Where the Pirates play, 94.3 The Game. Your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation. Warren's Hot Dog Pizza. Patrick Johnson. I think he's a hedonist and an overblown grandstander. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Here on a Wednesday night, the Patrick Johnson Show. Corey Gore filling in for Patrick tonight and the rest of the week. What a dreadful song choice, CJ. Absolutely dreadful. And what an unfortunate way to bring Spencer Brickhouse into the show. Former Pirate first baseman, now at the Arizona Diamondbacks. I apologize, Spencer. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time here, Brick. Uh, you are, you're in Greenville now, correct? You, you, you are back yes. from Arizona and you're in Greenville. Yes, I'm actually at the moment in uh, Washington, but yes, I am back in North Carolina, back in the East Coast. All right. Um, when did you get the news that that things were closing up in spring training and that it was time to go home or or, or leave the premises in Scottsdale? What, what? How did that go down to you that that things were closing up shop uh, down in Arizona? Uh, it was kind of rumored around with some of the um, ball players around there, all the guys that were in early camp. Some of the pitchers were starting to roll in from spring training, and uh, there was some rumors going around that you know that, that you know we might be quarantined here. And I was like, oh, that that would that would be too terrible. We're already going to be here anyways. Might as well just be quarantined in the hotel and just go straight to the field. But then as the days go on, they're like, dude, they might send us home. 
there's no way they're going to send us home. And that probably was about a week, a week and a half ago, when all that started. And then probably a few days later, that was, that was when they were saying that they might send us home. And then within two days, they brought us out of the hotel and they told us that we're going to be sent home the next day and they'll send, they'll uh, give us our plane information and be sent us home. And that was, it was very abrupt. It was within a two day period when the rumors became true. When was the, I guess, the tipping point when maybe you and your teammates and everyone with the Diamondbacks started to realize that things were turning uh, southward in terms of the existence of sports and, and, and then the start of the season for baseball? And when the talk started that this wasn't going to happen at, at the, at next week when everything was supposed to start? Yeah, uh, we, we had saw some stuff on social media where – you know, first of all, it started out with the NBA, and that's, once we started seeing stuff about that, we kind of realized that it might be happening to us, and that they may be delaying our spring training or delaying even the season. And uh, that was something that we had to come to face with, and we were kind of waiting around, seeing what the front office people were going to do. And then it came down to it that you know, social media was starting to have things stirred up about us not playing, and then we started texting guys from other teams that were in Arizona with spring training. And they started saying that their front office was telling them that, you know, they're going to send them home. And it was kind of all happening at once. And then Arizona Diamondbacks sent us an email that we needed to be in the hotel so they could send us home. And it was, it was very, once again, it was abrupt. It was something that we were kind of guessing that was going to happen, but nobody really knew what was going to come. And we were all in shock when it happened. Spencer Brickhouse joining us with the Arizona Diamondbacks, former Pirate first baseman. Uh, looking to start his first full season with Arizona, and that is very much on pause right now. Have they given you any indication about a, a target date to report back when things might hopefully be smoothed over here? No, they, they've really given us nothing. I mean, once again, I'm, I'm, this is my first year, so I'm kind of low man on the totem pole, as you can imagine, but they haven't really given us a lot of information about when we're supposed to head back and we're, as of right now, they told us that we're still in "quote unquote" off-season mode, and we're supposed to work out and stay stay in shape for whenever we head back. It's probably going to be a quick turnaround. We'll have spring training for a week, maybe two weeks, and then we'll head straight to the season. And we just, they keep on telling us, they keep on sending emails about how we need to make sure that we stay with our weightlifting programs, and we need to keep on hitting, doing stuff at the field that we need to keep doing. And they, they really haven't given us a time, and they need to make sure that we're ready for whatever they do text us because it's going to be a quick turn that we need to get to or get to Scottsdale and get going. Yeah, you, you mentioned something, I think, important that's been mentioned a little bit but being overshadowed right now as baseball tries to get back started here. It sounds like whenever a date is found, spring training is going to restart first before anything happens in terms of major league or minor league baseball actually starting a season. Yeah, I would imagine it would. I've heard multiple people say that it will, and that, that that would make sense because we do need to get there. We need to get acclimated a little bit before we head to season. We at least need to get a weekend of at-bats and, and game-like settings. And when I was in uh, Arizona for the early camp, we played a university from Japan, and we played some inter-squads against some of the big league guys. And so we got a, you know, I've gotten probably seven or eight at-bats, but at the same time to get that day-in, day-out routine that we need to get going for the season – is something that I think they want to get acclimated into the spring training thoughts and going into season. 
Spencer Brickhouse joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. All right, I, this is kind of the the spark question here that I think a lot of minor leaguers are uh, addressing or maybe holding back from addressing. So answer this how comfortable you feel in terms of answering this. Um, has there been any indication about what payment might be from the Diamondbacks to you? You said you're still in off-season mode, and that means off-season you are not paid uh, as a minor league player. It, has there been any shift that that might be changing that you have heard? Yeah, they have. Uh, Diamondbacks did send something about how we're going to get paid for the three weeks that we're supposed to be in spring training, and then from there on out they're going to – figure out what they want to do with the rest of payments because it is tough for you know minor leaguers because we can't come back and get a job because a lot of people that have jobs already are being shut down like people in the food industry and the restaurants there in north carolina they're getting shut down now there's only takeouts the people are losing jobs that already have their jobs in place so it's hard it's hard for us to come back and just say hey can we work for the two months that we're here just give a number but it's tough and i think they realize that they're trying to help us out and give us at least enough to get get by in terms of food rent if some guys have that but you know they, they've been doing a very good job of communicating what they want to do with us and how much you know they're going to help and it's, it's been really nice to know that they're going to have our backs when it comes to however long this is going to last that's good to hear and i don't think i need to tell you this but uh, one of the powder keg issues before all of this unraveled over the last week and a half was there there's a battle that's about to start here whenever it begins between major league baseball and minor league baseball and the future of minor league and and finding the way to properly pay minor league players so at least it sounds like initially the the diamondbacks at least the diamondbacks are trying to put together a plan to help you guys out moving forward especially with with no timetable currently on the horizon to actually return and start playing ball here yeah they are they've been doing a really good job you know there's a lot of people that look down on minor league baseball you know that you know minor leaguers say hey we don't get paid a lot i wish we got paid more but you know it comes down to it you know, looking at my perspective, I did get paid a decent amount in my signing bonus, and I'm very you know, happy and grateful for that. But a lot of people complain about the monthly uh, check that we get, and I'm like, well, let's think about this. We're playing baseball. We're literally playing a game every day and getting a paycheck. I'm very happy at where I'm at. I'm not going to sit here and complain about what money I'm getting because I'm, I'm playing a game in hopes that one day I'll make a lot more money with playing baseball. And, you know, it's a risk that you have to take, and – well, once again, I'm just very grateful for the money that they are giving me. I'd have gone out there for free, but you know, it, it's something that it's always looked down on by minor leaguers, and it's kind of tough to sit there and look at you know the check that you get in the month and say, "Hey, I wish I was getting more." It's it's always it's always irked me to see that. Spencer Brickhouse joining us here, and he is now back in the area after spring training was shut down earlier this week. Uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and you were back in this area in the off season, the fall and the winter, and, and I know you have kind of observed from afar uh, what was going on with Pirate Baseball and the the month that they had for this season. Um, how much contact have you had with with anybody uh, on the team, the coaching staff, particularly over the last week when all of this has unfolded uh, and saw the end of the 2020 season officially come down Monday? Uh, I've been talking to a few of the guys. I haven't really talked to the coaches just because they they have their own things they're trying to figure out right now. You know, I'm trying to let give them some space so they can do what they need to do 
to get things rolling and make things run smoothly for whatever whatever decision was going to be made. But I've talked to uh, Thomas Francisco. I still keep up with him, Ryder Giles, uh, Christian Smallwood. I still keep up with those guys. And I was texting them, trying to figure out what was going on in college baseball because there was a lot more things happening in college baseball before pro baseball. So I had a feeling whatever happened, it was going to happen to both team or both uh, organizations, I guess, NCAA and Major League Baseball. Uh, and I've been keeping up with them. And now that I'm back in the area, I got to go and figure out where I'm going to hit, where I'm going to. Uh, where I'm going to go to the gym and everything. So I'm going to try to let things unfold and figure out what is going to happen with uh, the athletics at East Carolina before I can ask them uh, if I can go and do what I need to do. Sure. And, and there's there, there's a lot that needs to get sorted out uh, in college athletics for sure, including what can happen with the facilities moving forward. But it, it was, it's been very important to Coach Godwin, as you know, to make this place feel like uh, a place where you all can return to when you go down the pro ball route or even or even not, even if, if pro ball isn't in the future here. But you were back here um, getting ready for spring training. A lot of the guys from last year's team were. How, how important is it to you um, to see kind of the arms still open wide from this program to come back uh, and, and keep things going to try and keep the baseball dream alive for you? Yeah, it's been awesome. They were very good. Uh, they actually, I had me and Packard actually shared a locker at, in the locker room at, at the facility, and uh, it was good to feel like we could come back and get our stuff done that we need to get done. And you know, Brandon Golden was also he was very good about working out and stuff like that. And even Dewanya used uh, um, a program that uh, Golden gave him, but you know, Diamondback gave me a program, but he said, "Hey, you can come in whenever you want." And you can come in and work out. Just make sure there's somebody here. You know, they they give us a few stipula- stipulations that we need to follow to make sure that we be there, just for safety reasons and also liability reasons. But they've also been very good about helping all of us minor leaguers out and making sure that we can get our work in that we need to get done in the off season, so we can come back ready for spring training. Gonna end uh, with you on this, Spencer. Uh, and thank you again for the time, Spencer Brickhouse, former Pirate first baseman, and now on pause with the Arizona Diamondbacks with everything that's going on right now. Um, regular listeners and viewers of baseball broadcasts over the years uh, have now come to know that you've actually been a pretty active part in the broadcasts, and not just when you were playing, but uh, back in your in the sophomore year, I believe for you, 2018 is when you realized the the movie line, TV line, music lyric thing that I do during broadcast, and, and you took a very active role in that, continuously feeding me lines before games, and that continued this season. And you and I have been in touch quite a bit over the last few weeks because you have sent me lines from Arizona to work into game broadcast to keep this tradition alive. And I have to admit something. A week ago tonight was the last game that we had. It was at Wilmington, uh, and I did not get your line in, so, and I, not knowing that the season was going to be ending that night. So, Spencer, I apologize. I am 12. I will work it in for you <laughs> right there. Um, and, and thank you for your contributions to the broadcast over the last few years. I have enjoyed it. Coach O has enjoyed it, and I think the fans have enjoyed it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been awesome. I've always been a cinematic fan, and I've – once I found out what you were doing out there my sophomore year, I was like, you know what? I can definitely, I can definitely contribute to this. And I think the first one that we did was uh, nobody messes with Captain Insano. That was the first one that we did. And that became your year. nickname. Yes, and that became your that, nickname in 2018. 
Yep, that's what uh, that's where it all started. I was always grew up a Waterboy fan, Adam Sandler fan, and I thought, you know what, this would be something he could easily fit in. And then over a while, I started thinking about, you know, I want to give him a few tougher ones to fit in. It, it went everywhere from SpongeBob to White Christmas to a bunch of different types of movies, shows. I still, I think I've mixed in a few songs from the '80s, and it's it's always been fun to listen to you after the games. You know, work a man whenever you can, and how how well you work a man has always been incredible, incredibly impressive to me. The creativity it takes, the the pop culture gamut that you ran over the last two years, it, it still blows my mind for someone who's still very young, at least compared to me, who is an old individual. Uh, so we'll we'll pick that back up in 2021. I have no question about it. But Spencer, uh, thank you for the time here. I know things are weird and times are interesting for you right now, as it is for a lot of people. But uh, best of luck to you. Stay healthy. And, and we'll be in touch down the road. Down the road, Brick. Thanks for yep. the time. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you and go Pirates. That is Spencer Brickhouse, former Pirate first baseman and looking to get back to the pro ball here once once the minor league and major league season gets underway with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Before we take a break here, Ben Byram's got a sports update back in the studios. Thanks, Corey. Ben Byram here for your 94 through the game sports update. The NFL's offseason frenzy continues across the league with many moves and signings still rampant as the Jaguars trade former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles to the Bears for a fourth-round pick. The Falcons reach a three-year deal with edge rusher Dante Fowler Jr. worth $48 million. The Rams replace Fowler with the signing of former Bears linebacker Leonard Floyd. The details of that contract are yet to be released. The Saints are nearing a deal to bring back their former first-round pick and safety Malcolm Jenkins. The Titans trade star defensive lineman Jarrell Casey to the Broncos for a seventh round pick. And ECU alum defensive tackle Linval Joseph signs a two-year $17 million deal with the Chargers. The LA Chargers also have shocked many with reports that they will not sign or trade for a veteran free agent quarterback or will roll with what they have or explore options in the draft. The Chargers' current projected number one quarterback on the depth chart is veteran quarterback Tyrod Taylor. The Panthers made a few moves throughout the day signing former Ravens wideout Seth Roberts the details of such have not yet been disclosed, while also releasing veteran safety Eric Reed and Pirate alum offensive lineman Garrett McGinn. For your 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Bar- Barham. More from the Patrick Johnson Show right after the break. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94 through the game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Tough times. Clean Eats is your alternative to the grocery store. They are open for grab-and-go meals, takeout, and delivery through Takeout Pros, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. Clean Eats is located at 805 Red Banks Road. Slightly better in the music category there, CJ. We're working our way back up after just a woeful start to your music selections. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Corey Glor filling in. Thanks again to Spencer Brickhouse for the time. Uh, as he has returned to the area, and now he is in wait-and-see and, and stay-in-shape mode for whenever baseball gets underway. Uh, we'll see. I think a key thing that popped out there was that it seems as though Spencer has been told that a spring training of some capacity will be back in order before a season even begins. 
which isn't a surprise, but it's still something of note when you're looking at the fact that a 162-game season of Major League Baseball is going to try and get all of that in and 140 games for full-season Minor League Baseball, um, you are running very much out of time here. Uh, the opening day was supposed to be the 26th, so that's next week uh, around Major League Baseball. Uh, and, and we'll see. It certainly sounds as though, especially with the CDC uh, request about gatherings no larger than 10 people, uh, coming up earlier this week, and that goes to the mid-May. That we're looking at summer, June into July fourth area for at least right now, potentially having baseball start up on the professional level. Um, it's all very, very fluid, as is the the spring sport athletes and, and the the extra year of eligibility. Uh, and that's where I want to go to next because a couple things popped up over the last twenty four hours that I think are worth highlighting here. One. Um, John Rothstein, CBS Sports College basketball reporter, he lives for March, and I can't imagine the the depths of despair he's sitting in right now. Um, But he reported that the NCAA is unlikely to grant an extra year to winter sports student-athletes. This is not a surprise when you look at the fact that the vast majority of winter sports had either completed their year or – we're just about to start a postseason. In, in when you look at basketball and hockey, postseason was just about to get underway in those sports. Um, but all, most of those athletic events had already closed up a regular season in some capacity. So it's it's a tricky situation. It's a tough situation for uh, winter sports athletes who had a postseason taken away from them at the minimum. Um, but that that's not the surprise. What is of more interest and one that will take a lot more to hash out, and this is something that if you joined us yesterday when we had Commissioner Mike Oresco on, um, he kind of illuminated this as well in the extra year for spring sports athletes. Now here is what Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball tweeted out yesterday. Quote, there's increasing confidence in the industry that the NCAA's eligibility waiver will end up applying only to seniors, but we'll see how things play out. Everything is fluid, but that's the educated thought at the moment. Here's what the NCAA sent out last Friday on their Twitter account. Council leadership agreed that eligibility relief is appropriate for all Division I student-athletes who participated in spring sports. Details of eligibility relief will be finalized at a later time. Additional issues with NCAA rules must be addressed, and the appropriate appropriate governance bodies will work through those in the coming days and weeks. What the NCAA said on Friday pales to what we just heard from Kendall Rogers yesterday. Again, it's fluid, and nothing is set. But the NCAA sent out an official statement, which they don't do a ton in regards to stuff like this, in a tumultuous time period, I get that. But they sent out that all Division I student-athletes would be granted an eligibility year of relief in spring sports. Not just seniors. All of them. You can't backtrack on something like this because there are futures in play. A lot of futures in play. And if you already made the declaration that this was going to be coming, and that this was the direction you're going to go, which is the correct direction to go, with spring sports canceled like it has been, and saying 
everybody, regardless of class, gets an extra year of relief if they so want it. You can't backtrack. We haven't seen official from NCAA yet in regards to this, and it is a very complicated situation that they will have to hash out. But this is something you can't do a half measure on. We are in a weird time. I feel like that's an understatement by this point. But the NCAA has an opportunity to, for a rare time for them to do something right here. And that means spring sport athletes in every class, including graduate students, should be granted an extra year, not just seniors. If it gets peeled back to only seniors, then that's a colossal failure on the NCAA's part. I get that there are many logistical hurdles to come, and you have to figure out roster sizes and scholarship allotments and what incoming classes from high schools or junior colleges or grad transfers, how that will impact them. But what you said Friday that you released on your own, this wasn't through sources, that was the NCAA saying all student-athletes would be granted an extra year of relief in spring sports. If what Kendall Rogers says comes down the pipeline here, then that is the NCAA, unfortunately, falling back into, frankly, what we're used to seeing from them. You got to find a way to get this done and get it right. And it's not, you don't have to require it for all student athletes in spring sports that you here, here's your extra year and you have to take it. You can't do that. But if you're a senior, if you're a grad transfer, and if you're, I mean, you think about baseball and juniors who are eligible to be drafted whenever that happens this summer, and even some sophomores. The Pirates have a sophomore on their roster right now that is eligible for the Major League Draft whenever it happens. Or as of right now, he was. Thomas Francisco was eligible because his birthday fell in the right window within the Major League Draft. Now, the draft's likely going to move here from the end of June. But you have a lot of guys that are looking at continuing their professional baseball careers or or starting it back up that a lot hinges on what the NCAA decides to do here. And they got to do it right. And that means everybody, not just seniors. Because if you go the senior route, you're saying that For the freshmen, for the sophomores, and in baseball for the draft-eligible juniors. That this bulk of time meant nothing, and that was a wasted year. We already know Major League Baseball has pulled scouts off the road. They've shut down everything. We know nobody can practice, and obviously there's no games anymore. So you're talking about a, a lot of guys on the baseball side that are looking to start a professional baseball career and maybe looking to start it this summer. There is now a very small sample size from what they were able to show this year. And now you're saying that, you know what? You don't get two more years of college ball if you want it to prove yourself. That's what's right now being swirling around the college baseball world, according to Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. And that can't happen. That can't be the case here. The NCAA has to get as many people as they can as many smart minds as they can find into a room and hammer this out and figure out a somewhat quicker way to get it out 
because it seems like there's a lot of time. But when you're talking about things from the baseball perspective, which is of the spring sports, that's the one that has a professional draft coming up in this summer or whenever Major League Baseball decides to have it. There isn't as much time as you realize here. So you got to find a way to get it done for everybody. The NCAA has never been one to do a lot that makes sense for the greater good. I know that. But this is a strange time even for them. And I know they're taking a huge financial hit right now. But they're going to have to find the finances to do this and make it right. And that means for every spring sport, you expand rosters out for not just next year. This is going to have to filter down a few seasons. Expand them out. Expand how many scholarships are available. You hold scholarships in place, particularly for upperclassmen that are currently on these teams. And you find a way to get it done, even though you're not making a billion dollars like you would off of March Madness this year. The NCAA can probably find the financial way to do this. They have that much money. But I don't want to see in the coming days that this is only going to be for seniors for spring sports. Because that cannot be what happens here. You got to get it right. And that means everybody. Everybody in spring sports gets an extra year if they are so inclined to take it. This is the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. One more time out here and we'll take you home here with uh, some things that you can actually watch sports related now on your Wednesday night and a couple other news and notes coming up as well. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Stick around. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like us on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page for breaking sports news, pictures, and videos, programming alerts, and the latest from the ECU Pirates. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, we're closing strong, CJ. Good work here to finish out the Wednesday night. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is open for takeout. Don't feed your family peanut butter tonight. Bring Texas home to your house. Texas Roadhouse is open today from 3 to 9, as well as tomorrow night, and then noon to 9 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if your office is open and needs catering during the shutdown, Texas Roadhouse will cater for your doctor's office, government office, or anyone's business. No, Texas Roadhouse cannot serve you in their dining room, but they are still open for business for takeout. So come get some Texas Roadhouse and take it home tonight. Wrapping up the Patrick Johnson Show here on a Wednesday night. Corey Glor back with you. Hey, the final AP basketball poll was released earlier today. Did you care? No, but it was released anyway. Thank you to the Associated Press for naming Kansas as the number one team in the country to end the 2019-2020 season. Gonzaga 2, Dayton 3, Florida State 4, Baylor 5. Neat. Duke finished 11th. It's the first time they finished outside the top 10 since the 2007 season. And you know what happened when they were inside the top 10 and now outside the top 10? Nothing. They didn't play a game. Why? Uh, Well, we know why, but why do they drop a spot? No concept. But the Duke Blue Devils made a little bit of unfortunate history that was to no fault of their own. Also, if you were jonesing for March Madness, as we all were, we knew that the brackets weren't going to be released, but Joe Lenardi of ESPN did his own bracket based on all the 
bracketology that he is capable of doing, like he's a wizard. Uh, and ESPN used his bracket as well as their basketball power index to actually simulate March Madness um, and who would be the college basketball champion. So congratulations to the Wisconsin Badgers. Name the de facto college basketball national champion by ESPN earlier today. They beat BYU. Who had Wisconsin over BYU? I know Wisconsin was the Big Ten regular season title. I couldn't tell you one iota of what BYU did. But congratulations to the Wisconsin Badgers, and no, that doesn't heal any wounds from what Grayson Allen did to the Badgers a few years ago in the title game. Uh, coming up here over the next day, there there's a lot that you will be interested in, and you should keep it locked in here to 94.3 The Game. Uh, I'm filling in for Patrick again tomorrow night. Patrick will be on the air from 12 to 3 on the NC Sports Network, and he's got John Gilbert on at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon, as well as uh, Billy Godwin, used to be baseball coach here at East Carolina. Now he's with UNC Greensboro. He's going to be on at 1 o'clock, so make sure you make your plans to tune in tomorrow uh, to Patrick from two, from noon to 3. You'll hear from John Gilbert as well as Billy Godwin. And then tomorrow night on the show, you know we haven't done yet and what has been a true whirlwind of a seven-day period uh, in the sports world, particularly in college sports. Uh, we have not really talked much at all about the fact that college basketball the East Carolina college basketball season ended very abruptly and so we're going to have Cy Seymour on the show tomorrow night uh, color analyst on the Pirate Sports Network for East Carolina basketball uh, to get his perspective on everything that went down in Fort Worth this time a week ago as well as the end of of what was um, a unique year of Pirate basketball uh, and where now the, the team heads moving forward uh, and and a, a lot to figure out but a lot of guys are on the return path here so uh make sure you join us tomorrow on the patrick johnson show when cy seymour uh joins us to to put a bow a very abrupt bow on the uh college basketball season for east carolina all right ben cj back in the studios if you have been jonesing for sports to watch as we all have I may or may not have been watching some old YouTube videos of Chicago Blackhawks winning Stanley Cups over the last day or two um, because it has made me happy. Um, But there are some outlets now available to you starting today. Both the NBA and the NFL have revealed, uh, have made their uh, subscription services now available for free for a time being. So NBA League Pass, NFL Game Pass, Um, They're now available for free, and you can watch old games from this season and past games um, from seasons ago. NBA, you can have that until April 22nd. The NFL goes to the end of May. So you can watch some old stuff there. And and a high recommendation for you, Season 4 of Brockmire premieres tonight on IFC. The first three seasons are on Hulu. It is not kid-friendly, but watch it if you miss baseball. Uh, you will enjoy that immensely as long as you can uh, handle some off-color humor at times. But that's well worth your time. There's some sports offerings for you here tonight and what has been a very strange uh, sports time. Um, that'll do it for us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Thanks again to Spencer Brickhouse for hopping on and giving his perspective on everything that's been going on from the pro baseball side of things. My thanks to Ben Byram and C.J. Powell back in the studios. The music got so much better as the show went along, C.J. Tip of the cap to you and Ben. Always doing great work, pushing the buttons and spinning the dials. Join us again tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. Cy Seymour will be alongside as well. And I'll be talking to you in just 23 hours' time. Until then, have yourself a lovely night, Greenville. Good night.